Amen. Well, uh, every fall, one of our patterns has always been uh, to cast vision, either by unpacking our mission to make Jesus known or share something along those lines with our values. I mean, I mean, every fall you come in here and we want to just show you, hey, here's God's passion for God. We want to be about God. We want to bring the good news to the North Shore. And so that's what we do. Usually in the fall, we kick off. A lot of churches do it. If you've been around for a while, uh, you know that we do it and we love it. And we're going to keep doing it. But what I want to do uh, in this series is I want to do that in a whole different way. That is, I want to take us further than just uh, having a passion for this year. Uh, And I want to talk to you about having a vision of endurance and longevity for the next 20. Okay, so to frame this maybe a whole different way, uh, sometimes you'll have sermons where the application is a little more immediate. So you'll hear a sermon and and like many good sermons, all sermons, it's more like, hey, so here's what I got to do today. Here's what I need to believe this week where the Holy Spirit wants me to act or pursue, you know, something. And then there are uh, passages or sermons uh, that, that grow foundations, that strengthen and shape the character or fabric of your convictions, your heart's trust, its beliefs. Um, we need in the church at times and many times sermons that create a Bible DNA for when you will need it that gives you a power to hold when when life's tragedy or something comes your way or hardship or, or, or pushback from being a believer. When following Jesus gets hard, you're going to need to have DNA fabric ready for that. And, and Because here's what the Bible says is our reality. Let me show you some verses. In John uh, 16, we read, In the world you will have tribulation. In 2 Timothy, we read, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, they, they will be persecuted. 2 Timothy 1, a share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Romans, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemptions of our bodies. Jesus says in Mark 8, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for Christ's sakes and the gospels will save it. And then Acts 14.22, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom. Through how many? Many. And so we need a vision of endurance, truths that will hold us, form us, that will see us through to the next 20. Because here's what, here's what I can, I mean, I don't know if this November you're going to get that phone call that will change your life. I don't know if you're going to hear the news that unexpected pain or disappointment or loss when the realities of this world will, will kick in, when maybe because you're a believer, you'll get pushed out or marginalized. And 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 we need this because I, I don't know about you, but I am I'm boggled by how easy it is to breathe the, hey, North Shore, comfort, pain-free, you deserve this kind of life, air. And we breathe it. But the truth is, it's unsettled here. We know it's fragile. We exist in a fallen world where we're not promised a pain-free, trouble-free reality. There will be groaning because of our fallenness. And and we know this. I mean, I just, I, I regularly have to remind myself when looking at my kids, having one of those sweet moments where I'm watching them play or 
um, spending time with my wife, that on this side of heaven, that will not last. You know, like I, I just know 10 out of 10 people die, like curly hair, ask everyone their name, hug strangers, Joseph will die. Talia, Nariah, Gideon, and they may not pass in their sleep. I may outlive them. Like I know one stomach ache could maybe not be the flu. And and, and we know this. And I, I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, wow, I really came to church to be encouraged today. So thank you, James. But, but listen, we know this. We live in a time where, all, where we're on the wrong side of morality, right, with many issues. So it's not just our freedom to believe God's design for gender or marriage. We, we love people when we engage them with the truth for human flourishing, with the gospel. But, but we are going to be misunderstood, in fact, we are going to be accused of this is an offense, this is a crime, this is human rights. So all I'm trying to show you is that one way or another, we're going to bump into what Christ has brought his church to realize over human history. And that is we need a vision for longevity in the church, as the church. And, and any way of thinking that moves away from this, follow me here, moves away from ultimate reality, away from Christ as one has put it, Golgotha was not a suburb of Jerusalem. And so on this, in this series, uh, I just want to remind us that we're not called to live safe lives for Jesus. Uh, Having a vision for the next 20 that sees you through is is a vision of you going, I'm going to follow him radically. I'm going to place myself in the church to be the church. I'm going to have just a plan to be a community leader for 10 years years and make disciples. I want to be an elder and a deacon. I want to see my family through so that they're flourishing in the local church on mission in their city or wherever God has put them. And so um, like, like I just want us to have an urgent, radical call to live for Jesus. Because here's the thing, when you read the Bible, you don't have two kinds of believers or two classes of disciples. You, you don't read, hey, there's those who abandon their lives to service and mission and those who, who don't. No, the call of discipleship is the same for every believer. And so for that, we need one another. We need endurance. We need to know what this looks like over the long haul. And, and so that's, that's what we're going to do. That's what I want to do in this series. So, so to be clear, this is not a series on what's my vision for us for the next 20, but rather is a series, uh, three weeks, about what's God's vision of having long, enduring, soul-anchoring uh, vision for your life to see it through. For, for your walk with God, you in the local church. I want to cast for you a biblical vision of longevity and endurance for your souls. And, and so so that's where we're going. I'm really excited about it. Um, today, uh, we are going to be looking at just the biblical call for endurance, the Bible's urgent call for it, and the great joy of our assurance. Okay, and then And then over the next uh, two weeks. Next week, we'll look at three mindsets that will transform our endurance as the church. And then uh, last week, we'll we'll look at uh, how, what does leading in the local church, in your family, uh, being a developing disciple maker look like. And so uh, that's, that's where we're going first. Okay, let's start. The Bible's call for endurance. Let me just begin with one passage that just makes this call for every believer loud and clear. You couldn't get more clear than this, Hebrews 10, 36, you can see it on the screen. This is what we read, for you have need of endurance. For you have need of endurance so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive 
what is promised. We have need to endure. We have need to have endurance. Now, this word in the Greek is very interesting. Uh, it's the word a hypomeno. Hyper, right, means, you know, if you have kids, you know what it means. Uh, it's intense, right? They're hyper, super. Mino means to stand. So what is endurance? What is it we are to have? We need to have this. But what is it? It means, it means to have a, a hyper stand. A hyper stand. It's a commitment to go, look, I know I need to run this race. I need to stand firm. I need, I need to play a role. I need to um, pull all my heart's energy and mind to enduring, to hyper stand. Thomas Watson, he's a famous Puritan, commentating on this verse. He writes this, Christians do not arrive at perseverance when they sit still and do nothing. It is not with us as with passengers in a ship who are carried to the end of their voyage while they sit still in the ship, or as it is with the noblemen who have their rents brought in with their toil or labor. But we arrive at salvation in the use of means, as a man comes to the end of a race by running to a victory by fighting. Okay, so, so here's another one, Revelations fourteen twelve. Uh, John, by the way, who was uh, boiled in oil, they tried to martyr him, he didn't die, so they put him on the island of of Patmos, and and Jesus comes to him in this glorious imagery of victorious judgment. And in this letter, we just read this in 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 verse twelve. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints. So there's a call, right? There is a call. In Matthew twenty four thirteen, Jesus says, "But the one who endures to the end will be saved." All I want to do is just show you we have a call. For endurance, there is a need in our lives to see us through to the next 20. 2 Timothy 2.12, if we endure, we will also reign with him. Hebrews 3.14, for we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So he says, endure, hyperstand. Right? There's a difference between a, being a Christian who handles suffering by thinking, okay, you know what? I, I can do this. What can God do in my life? Versus one who handles suffering because you say, I want perseverance. I'm going to see through this in Jesus, with Jesus. I know he's with me. I know he's holding my hand. It, it, it's a commitment to say, I'm going to run this race because I know what's ahead of me. Um, Ephesians 6.13 says this, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. It's an evil day when they kick down the door and they pull the Christians out and they beat them to death. That's an evil day. When the devil just clings to your addiction and makes you think you need to live life and everyone will be better if you didn't live. It's an, those, that's evil. Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord. I just, I, just, I just want to cast this for you. Uh, I got a lot of verses. We're called or admonished. Do not grow weary in doing good. Don't quit. It's hard. Continue in what you've learned and f- have firmly believed. 2 Timothy 3, let us hold fast what you have until I come. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. 
Remain steadfast, which God has promised to those who love him. So there's a call. I just want you to see it. So, so, sure, let me ask you, do you see the truth that underneath all these biblical texts is the assumption that the Christian life and joys come with it? An expectation that we'll live a life like our Savior. Matthew 7 says, For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. Jesus warns us in the parable of the sower that that hardship and pleasures of this world will choke seeds. In Luke 8, 14, it says, The word of God can be choked by the cares and the riches of the pleasure of this life. Okay, so I'm 34, four kids. And, um, uh, you know, I'm like everyone here. Like, I live on the North Shore. I breathe the same air. I look at every house that's for sale. You know, like, I just, you know, I go to Savon. I try to get all the best deals. If I can't get them there, I, everyone goes to Superstore. So just, why didn't I go there first? And, um, and, you know, and then you have, like, this, just this, this pressure for your kids to flourish. And you just, you see this, like, oh, I got to help them. Like, I... There's opportunities. They should be in sports. And, and it's just the whole thing can be overwhelming. Okay? It's just, it's, I think it's hard for you to live here sometimes. And then, and then you hear about other families and other kids' successes and their medals and what they're going to do this year and how their summer was. And, and um, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I just feel a pull into the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. And here's why I'm saying this. I, I used to think... The more I'm a Christian, the more I pursue the Lord, the more all that stuff and all my temptations will get less and less. And sure, I, I can see a growing maturity in, in me, growing hunger for God. I read my Bible different than I did five years ago. And yeah, I can see that. But listen, the pull isn't any less. The likelihood of getting off course, loving the world is not smaller in my 30s. And if you're in your 40s or 50s, I bet you you're gonna tell me the same thing. Or 60s or 70s. That's it, that's all you get. Um, look, my battle with lusts and securities, I, they haven't got less powerful. And I don't know about you, but I have real moments where I f don't feel God. Like, especially at night, I am completely numb where I just have to throw myself at the mercy of him and go, maybe I'll wake up as a Christian tomorrow because he's made me one. Because I don't feel a thing. Like one of the things I was reminded on my vacation is that the devil doesn't take those, okay? He doesn't. I was thinking if I'm taking some time off, maybe he can take a breather. He doesn't take a breather. First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, someone to devour. Resist him. And then it's the same kind of word, firm. This is what I want for us. I want you to have fabric of firm in your faith because he's not going to just, he's not just going to attack you in some of these, like, you're not going to wake up and be like, oh man, I can't believe I'm doing black tar heroin today. This is great. You're, that's not going to be a temptation for you. 
It's gonna be little lies. It's gonna be small temptations to build your own self-worth or, or get ahead over the self. It's not going to be overnight, kill yourself. It won't. Anyways, this is encouraging, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So when I was waking up and saying, hey kids, you guys wanna go to like New Brighton Pool or go for a hike? Demons were waking up and going, hey, do you wanna kill James again? Yeah. Let's do it. I'm just, all I'm, there's a danger. There's a call for endurance. All I want to do in this sermon is, is show you that we need to have an active, alive, in love with Jesus vision of seeing us through to the next 20. You just need to have that. You need to, you need to form that. You need to hear sermons about that, to be fruitful and faithful over the long haul. And I want to help us get there. I want to help us give us mindsets and, and anchors and tools. And, and so... You want to know where this is going to play out for you. And so let me ask you, what have you been enduring? What could be on the horizon? Where in your own life do you feel Jesus gripping your hand and saying, I'm in the storm with you, but this is what you'll endure? because you're gonna need something with this call to do that, which is the second point of this sermon. I'd rather you go home with the second point of this sermon than the first. So, but go home with both. But if, you were to, if I were to pick. I was reading uh, over a few weeks and months um, some good friends John's biography of saints all over history and early like from Calvin and Luther and in one of the sections of the biographies of John Newton who wrote Amazing Grace and William Wilberforce and Charles Simeon in the introduction um, I just knew God told me to you need to say this so you'll get one Piper quote in here but, but here's my point. Perseverance, enduring, is a gift. A blood-bought gift. That you and I will wake up a believer tomorrow is not finally and decisively owing to our wills, but to God's. Know that. That's the power of assurance. It is everywhere hugging all those verses of endurance. You draw boldly into the throne of grace. Have this assurance. Assurance is more mentioned than endurance. The power of seeing through the next 20 will be the anchor that you'll be a believer tomorrow morning, not finally and decisively owing to your own will, but to God's. That will be how you aspire to be an elder or to make it through when your kid doesn't want to be with you anymore, that God will get me through will be how you endure. I want to show you that in the Bible. It is in the sovereign, sustaining grace and hope that God himself has promised to keep his people, that the people run the race. Paul, in all of his running, said, it, it, is, it is not I, but the grace of God in me. 
He'll say, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works within you. He never wants glory at his own effort and endurance because that wasn't him. So your hope for your endurance and your fuel, it's gotta be that it's not finally and decisively owing to your will, but to God. So let me anchor you in some Bible, but Piper puts it this way. The command that we endure to the end is not only a command, but a creation of God. God commands it and God gives it. Let me take you to where this is open. Jeremiah 32, 38 to 41. It'll be on the screen. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make with them an everlasting covenant. Not a half covenant. That I will not turn away from doing good to them and I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn. I will rejoice in doing them good. Isn't that a great sentence? If you had a bad father and you struggle to see God as your father, man, let me just pray for you after this gathering, but that is a good daddy. And I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all my soul. That's the same language you get in John 10. No one can snatch them from my hands. The sheep hear my voice and they will come. Romans 8, for those whom he predestined, he will glorify. Sorry if I don't, can't explain that and you're brand new to the Bible, but I gotta keep going. This is what fuels your endurance. So here's what this means for you. You endure, you, you pray like the Bible calls you to pray. You, you, you plead with God every day, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain, Psalm 119. You, you plead, God, keep me, preserve me, open my eyes, make me know your love. You, you, when you see a command of God or you come uh, you know, on a Sunday and you hear a scripture that's calling you to repent, you, you do it. This is what you do. This is what comes alive. This is what this produces. Paul prays for the church, and you can see these on the screen. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Notice what the, the hearts are being directed to's endurance, Christ's endurance. 2 Timothy 2, 12, if we, but I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day what he's been entrusted to me. I just, I, I believe that. So how do we endure? Hebrews 12 puts it this way. We do it looking to Jesus, the author, and the, some translations say finisher, um, perfecter of our faith. Let's read this together. And let us run, gives us the key, was my notes, by the way, that's not in the Bible. Uh, and let us run with endurance. So who does that? Say, I do. I do. So let us run, I run, with what? What do we need? Endurance. 
the race that is set before us, where are we looking? Where are we setting all of our life and hope and, and direction and purpose and who are we following, looking to Jesus? The founder, the producer, the giver, the new lights and new hearts for him, faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So the gospel is a truth that you will not be abandoned. You're adopted. You're loved and secured in the Father's hands because Jesus went to the cross and rose again. Paul can say with pure confidence in your striving, quote, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Not our might, his might. Every other religion, I don't know if you're here and you're looking at different religions, but every other religion in various ways says you have to earn. You have to work hard. You have to be a good person. Christianity says, no, Jesus has endured. And through his sacrifice, he has procured your salvation so that if you believe in him, if you connect yourself to Jesus and his death and his resurrection for you, you get forgiveness now. And forever, that's the gospel. While we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. See, for Paul and the writers of the Bible, it wasn't about, okay, now you're saved, try hard. It was, life is hard following Christ, so endure by looking at him. Don't let sin reign. Get, that's not you anymore. You got a new idea, you got new loves. Fight the pressure, the air. Tell your kids it's better to die for Christ because we're going to Africa. Some of you might be called Africa. I don't know. Like, like, let's, this is what the new birth does. Um, so Jesus has purchased a salvation, and in that package, it's a salvation that lasts. So all my running and all my thirsting and all my fighting, the good fight, was bought by the blood of Jesus. Hebrews says it was for the joy set before him he endured the cross. I want you to think about that endurance. While your sin, and your sin is serious. And my sin was being judged. Jesus didn't let go. He stood, he hyper stood. He hyper-stood. That steadfast love, the reason Jesus Christ stood and took hell itself, the wrath of God, was that he loved us. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because of what he endured for you, he loves you no matter what. That's why you can endure. Like You need to have an endurance vision that Jesus will take you through to the next 20, so run. And if you're here and you're not sure what you believe, I just want to point out, endurance says you matter. Like, it says that there's really meaning to your life. God says you matter. So to hold that human beings are a product of nothing but evolutionary process of the strong eating of the weak, but then to insist that, that yeah, humans matter and that every person has dignity and to be honored 
is, and you gotta see this, an enormous leap of faith from that worldview on what you believe. I mean, if life is all there is, why do we long so deeply for something that doesn't exist or never did exist? And if you're here, I just, I encourage you just to re-examine your, your core faith beliefs because you do matter and, and human rights matters. And all the things that we love for in our culture are not based on, it's just a, it's just a leap of faith. I, I encourage you to turn from your sin and believe in Jesus' death for you. And, and for those of us who are Christians, I want you to just you know think this week Open your Bible and go, yeah, I gotta see this everywhere. I wanna study endurance. And I want you to rest with your running, in your running. That there's nothing you can do to get rid of him. If Jesus' love for you is so great that it endured that for you, do you think that your little sins are going to scare him away or wear him out. <laughs> no. You're not going to wear him out. But there's a call, Paul says. Examine yourself to see if you have that. And the way to endure is not to try harder. It's to look at the Jesus, the author of your faith, because you're already following him. These texts presume you're on a mission with God. Not that we sit back in the boat. And I hope I get there. They are for you because you're going to need it. You have need of endurance. And I think we live it safe. I'm very convicted of that. So I got to repent of that today over here. But I don't know what you're enduring or what you will endure, but the next 20 is a decision for you to look through it of what God's love will be. You, you have to know God's love will be for you tomorrow, what his mission is, what his mindset is for you, and so perseverance, let me just say, it's not just about getting through something. It's about living the life Jesus has called you to live, a life for him. It's, so, so in what you do, you go to Cap College, you go to work, or you go wherever you are and in your home. It's life for him is how I'm gonna live my life for the next 20 years. And that means I'm a, I'm a, I'm a local church person and it means I'm, I'm a discipler of my kids. It's just, it changes how I breathe. And so I don't know where you're at this morning, but I wanna pray for you. We're gonna have a prayer couple here after the gathering. Uh, the elders, Dale and I will be here. We wanna pray for you. If you need healing, we'll pray for that. But I don't know what you're going through and what it is, but maybe for you, the heaviest thing is you're not married and you wanna be, or you're not promoted and you wanna be or you don't have friends and you wanna have them or you're sick or maybe you're facing death or your kids are losing their foundation or they're just driving you crazy, hyperstand. Believe he's at work. Say, I can persevere because Jesus persevered for me. Jesus stood there for me. He took it all for me. And if you consider that, if you go back to that, I loved in Josh's sermon, if you go back to hallowed be thy name, if you go back to this text, memorize Hebrews 12, and you consider that, that he stayed, you will stay put. And you will become a very, very strong in him, looking beyond yourself. Listen, to the author 
and the perfecter of your faith. Let me pray. Oh, Father, we are amazed. We stand amazed at the cross of Christ. And I pray we'd feel a little bit of soberness today because you told your disciples that we will have many tribulations. Just wake us up to that and enter into that. And if we're not living for you, if Sundays are just a game or not a game, but like a, just this is a part of my life, but it doesn't consist of you don't consist in the center of all of my life. I pray you do that. I pray you'd fabric create in us as we worship and sing. And I pray for our souls. I pray for if, if we're playing safe, not that we'd feel like guilt, but that we would feel like fanned, I guess, just to endure. Give us courage. We, we are your presence. We are how the North Shore will get saved the church. So we lift up the local churches here and we pray for your fire to fall. Holy Spirit, fill us. And I pray for your power. And I pray that you would give us longevity where we need it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us. And uh, thank you that you hyper stood and you rose from death and you stand at the right hand of God and you're with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you stand with or together.